Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, welcome to Bustin' Balls. I'm Pat Caputo. Hey, check out our podcast. Download it. Subscribe to it. You know, wherever you get your podcast, odyssey.com, uh, the iTunes store with Apple, Google Play store. Check it out. We talk about drafts, prospects, and the future of the uh, teams here in Detroit and sometimes uh, around the country. Uh, and uh, the latest thing here, obviously, is the NFL trade deadline. And uh, the Lions traded tight end T.J. Hawkinson uh, for uh, improved draft picks uh, with their division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of folks are looking at it and saying, oh, man, I, I thought it was a good deal, if you're asking me. Uh, even though they didn't pick up extra picks, which Evan, you know, I'm big on. Oh, Evan yeah. Jenkins, our webmaster, joins us here. And, uh, but, you know, they're going to have what? Uh, in the first, at least 70, I think, uh, five picks in the upcoming draft. It was the first 65, is what I read. Yeah, first 65, but I don't know. That's where the standings are now, I think. You know, they. Right. Yeah. Everything can change. I mean, that all, you know, predicates on what the Rams and what other moves Minnesota. can be made. And, yeah. And uh, I, I, I think it's fine. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, to me, is not a long-term piece. I think he's a good player uh, as a receiver, uh, but the way the Lions are set up right now, uh, they need uh, more of other things before they can finish the piece at tight end. And, but it's going to be painful, I think, for the rest of the year. They're not as good a team now. Uh, Mitchell caught a pass last week, but he's not as good as Ty Hawkinson. Wright is hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got guys on uh, concussion protocol. Uh, my Ross St. Brown isn't himself. And, uh, you know, it's just the offense has struggled anyway in recent weeks. So it's going to hurt him in the short term. It should be something that helps him in the long term. Uh, if you, you talk about Jamison Williams coming back, you're talking about having Paschal through a, an entire offseason program and uh, ready to go on the defensive line. Another year of development for Ayla McNeil and uh, Malcolm Rodriguez and Jeff Okuda. Uh, you can see some pieces there on their defense uh, that could do well. Uh, and you're going to get a cap space relief, you know, a lot of it. Uh, if you make the move on the quarterback situation, uh, get a stopgap quarterback in uh, who plays at the level of golf, which is kind of mediocre, actually, this year. And you, uh, you know, pay them for what the performance is and then draft a quarterback. And this puts you in a better position to draft a quarterback, develop them, get that stopgap quarterback, get some cap relief, augment your roster with some good players who are young and uh, who may have a chance to stick with you for, you know, beyond a year or two, uh, not do anything foolish like, oh, we get this one piece who's going to put us over the top or save the day for Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. So the deal makes perfect sense. Uh, the problem I'm having with it is why weren't they doing things like this earlier? And uh, waiting this long to go into this mindset, 
uh, assuming they do move on from golf at quarterback, which I think they're going to do, uh, is something that uh, could end up having them run out of run out of time. You know, uh, they may lay groundwork, but it might be for the next general manager and coach. The way the NFL works, if this works, uh, so that's you know, to me, it's uh, kicking the can a little further down the road than they needed to. We talked about it on the last podcast. Uh, the big strategic mistake they made was just like, okay, we got a cap issue. Let's just restructure golf. Right. And it set off a chain of things. And then the Jamison Williams pick, it, it, it doesn't make sense in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, he, and the one thing I don't like about the pick is they're not picking up actual picks. But there's no question their odds are better in the draft uh, moving forward from this. But – you know, I mean, you're going to get rookies next year. When are they going to be good? Are they going to be great players by 2023? Are they going to be great players by 2024? Well, and you're right because, you know, Sheila Hamp Ford or Ford Hamp came out last week and she said, we have a very young team. That's not an excuse. That's a fact. Well, your team's only going to get younger from here on out, right, with all these draft picks. But the one question I had to ask you about the trade of TJ Hawkinson and, and general manager Brad Holmes spoke with the media today was this one quote that stuck out to me. I'm not calling him a liar. It might be more coach or football speak than anything. But when he said they still would have made this move, even if the team were six and one, do you believe that? No. Okay. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm not calling him a liar because listen, you don't have to tell me everything that's going on, but I thought that was a little far-fetched. Uh, I thought it was disappointing. Right. Uh, because, uh, I don't, I don't claim to be, uh, you know, a young Bill Polian, maybe yeah. even a middle-aged Bill Polian, maybe Bill Polian, you know, a current Bill Polian, you know, <laughs> or whoever you want to put in there. Sure. You know, right? you know uh, uh, Ron Wolf reincarnated. Uh, I'm just telling you that if there were six and one right now, uh, there would this town would be going bonkers. Uh, you know that I know that. Uh, I assume Brad Holmes knows that. Uh, if they were six and one, uh, Sheila Hamp would be just beside herself with joy and happiness. Yeah. And the uh, la- and last thing they would do is trade uh, a tight end for draft picks. That would be the last thing. They Okay, I was just. I'll, I'll walk out on that. Let me, Evan. You can join me on it. We'll walk out on that branch together. Okay. And by the way, I think we'd have like uh, 3.8 million people in the Detroit metro area joining us on it. So we're going to fall in that canyon. That branch is going to break. <laughs> I was just so curious about it because I was like, "What a weird comment to make!" Like, there's, weird. there's no reason that you can't be like, listen. We're not where we thought we were going to be. And I also understand it from the money standpoint. You can't make TJ Hawkinson on this team because you've talked about it at length with Jared Goff and the kick in the can down the road. You couldn't have made him one of the highest paid tight ends in the National Football League. And that's most likely what he's going to end up being when his time is up, right? Like, they couldn't be uh, that. I don't know if he's going to be. He's going to get paid. Uh, he's not going to be worth the value of the contract uh, to the team that signs him unless it's a team that needs a specific player uh, to put them in a spot. Sure. You know, where they're loaded, but they don't have some scoring zone. It depends on how they view Hawkinson. Uh, but he's not uh, Travis Kelsey in his prime. He's not, uh, you know, some of these other players. His upside isn't like Kyle Pitts or, 
you know, whatever. His blocking was, uh, you know, kind of a myth based on uh, one video clip of him pancaking <laughs> some poor kid from Indiana. And, uh, you know, he's a good player, but he's, he shouldn't have been eighth overall in the draft as a tight end. Position, player performance, you know, salary. You know, you've, you've got a lot of spots on your roster. What's going to make Brad Holmes is uh, the ability to create cap space and the ability to sign players that can fill in for a year or two and be good players until they get to a winning culture and then be able to sign the same type of players for a year or two while building the team uh, that's a, a nucleus for longer period of time than that, probably five or six years type of thing, where players get into their second contract and uh, you maneuver that cap and do those things. you got the right quarterback in that situation, and your coach isn't goofing up things like uh, Dan Campbell's done this year, and then you'll win. If you, uh, you know, and it's ridiculous to think that they would be six and one right now. And uh, I don't know why that was said. I heard it, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I can imagine what the response was from, you know, the beat writers and the folks there. And uh, also, you know, somebody like me and you and, I mean, really all Lion fans listen to that. They're not stupid. Right. right? Don't don't play them as that stupid card. It doesn't work in this town for that one. Now, I do have one more question because it does pertain to the future with Brad Holmes and his press conference today. He was asked, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote sheet right in front of me, just about if he has the ability, if he chose to, to relieve Dan Campbell of his job, and he said no comment. What do you make of that? Because when we talk about the future of the Detroit Lions, the future relies and it sits solely on those two men's shoulders, right? I'm Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. What do well, you make might, of the th- no comment? This might be uh, like media sports uh, writer slash now broadcaster to slash uh, podcaster, you know, and all those things type of person. Mm-hmm. Media influencer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm just telling you that uh, those are what they call, okay, organizational decisions. Now, what an organizational decision means is that it's not one person that goes in to the owner and says, I'm firing Dan Campbell. Even if Brad Holmes hired uh, Dan Campbell, which he didn't, the hiring of Dan Campbell was a so-called organizational decision. And a fancy way to uh, describe it, nice name. Kind of like, you know, people, uh, oh, he's a custodian. No, oh, he's a sanitation engineer. Uh, it's the owner. <laughs> or the master the, of custodial arts. <laughs> it's the owner's call. Right. Those decisions are the owner's call, ultimately. That's on Sheila Hamp. So if Brad uh, Holmes goes in there and, and talks to her, I don't know who the influencer with her is. Because this is where the Lions have had problems in the past. Uh, and where, uh, I don't know if they have that problem now that she's in charge and, uh, I'm sure they're fully aware of their problems in the past with this and she should be right. You know, uh, where she was there with it. Who's got her ear. Okay. All right. Now in the past, you know, with like, uh, William Clay Ford, uh, there were two, uh, times for extended periods where it didn't make sense. But he had two folks, one named Russ Thomas. Back in the day, Lions uh, fans that are older lament constantly about Russ Thomas. He won every power struggle there, every one. 
literally till the day he died, it seemed. And then the other one uh, was Matt Millen uh, for longer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually extended his contract. <laughs> All right. So, and, and uh, you know, they've had a lot of people come through there uh, who have, uh, you know, to get that influence. And uh, with Martha Ford, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jim Caldwell seemed to have a lot of power there because he's the one person who survived the purge, right. the initial purge. And then it was, they left it in the hands of, you know, the Patriots guys for a couple of years. And they were unmitigated uh, failures on every level in every way. And they let, they're the cause of this mess that Holmes and Campbell inherited. So I don't know. You got Chris Spielman in there. Chris Spielman seems to me to be super sincere. And I don't think he's in it for the power to struggle. No, not at all. Uh, I think he's uh, in it because of the genuine love of the game and his attachment to the team in the city. John Dorsey is somebody who has a lot of experience, done some good things in the league, very good things in the league, had a few issues in the league, mm-hmm. uh, different things, but he knows the ins and outs of things, and he's there. Is he, like, trying to maneuver himself into a position where he wants to be general manager and have the, the decision-making? That I'm not saying he is. But in the past, you know, it, they've had issues with that. Uh, the other uh, situation comes in with the cap guy, uh, Disner. I know nothing about Mike Disner. I think it's Mike Disner, right? It's he's yeah. From, we call him the Diz. He's, he's from he's from West Bloomfield. You know, it's what I know about him. So yeah. I don't have any you know definitive opinion about him. Cap stuff is behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of it, tech. You know, I, I don't claim to be a mathematician or anything. But he is, you know, from what I understand, and from pretty good sources, well thought of there but i saw a big cap faux pas that they made right out of the gate with brad holmes on jared goff so i don't know who's got her ear or when you know this thing with the timetable uh you know you could hold their feet to the fire because of that goff decision and you know some of the trades just for some draft capital type of things you know the jameson williams pick and to do that all I know is that for the organization right now, for the organization right now, that trade today was a good one. Now, is Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell going to be able to survive until that point? Um, you know, because you know how it is. Matt Rule, third year. And oh, these yeah. coaches get broomed out. Yeah, is the general manager the guy? Because general managers tend to last longer. They're more nameless and faceless, but they last longer and often have more power in the end. Uh, how that's all going to work out, where Sheila Hamp's mind is at with this, you know. Uh, and in the meantime, I know this, they got 10 games left. And in these 10 games, they have to have players who are going to develop themselves and the players who can play for them in 2023 and 2024. They're going to have to clean out their cap things. You know, uh, Romeo Cora is, you know, going to come off the books. No dead cap hit. There's a couple guys where they got to make decisions on, you know, that are $3 million buyouts compared to paying them, you know, I think six to $9 million. You know, I was looking at it uh, here. But they could free up, you know, a lot of cap space by uh, having a $15 million quarterback uh, and, uh you know, Collins and uh, Trey Flowers coming off the books. 
and a couple other guys. Yeah, uh, Tavai comes off. I know it's not a huge amount, but it's still money that's Yeah, out. you know, and then you add it up, and then what you have to do is take that money, which is a substantial amount, okay? It's like a third of the cap, all right? That's about a third of the cap if you got $60 million there and get some players. Now, I'm not talking about signing some guy for some ridiculous deal who's a big name that everybody, you know, gets all happy about. And, uh, you know, how people get when the Lions sign anybody, they know. I saw the guy who's good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Trey Flowers is that prime example. Everybody and their brother wanted him here. Yeah. And, uh, no, I'm talking about players who are, they can't get them under the cap somewhere else and want to keep them where they have depth. Right. Then that's using the system, which is built for that, uh, to, for you to be able to augment your roster. Then you get Williams back. You get Paschal back after he's had a full year of, you know, he's played a little bit and then, you know, do, does that. You get, you know, Kuda makes progress. They, they fired their uh, secondary coach. You get somebody in to coach him up and Tracy Walker comes back because he's going to be on the team because of contract. Yep. Uh, Kirby Joseph makes year-to-year improvement. You know, all those names I mentioned, a couple offensive players develop or you sign, a, you know, players that are better than Shark or can stay healthy and uh, maybe you bet your uh, backfield. Uh, so you don't have just a one-dimensional team behind that. Their offensive line should be good. Vitae comes off the books, too. Yeah, It's a $3 million-something buyout. So, uh, you know, with that, how are you going to – for the dead cap, that's what it will be, on the cap. So when I'm looking at it, I see uh, a situation that's not as bad as it appears. I see this decision as absolutely the right decision to make the trade. It's going to help the organization if they do the right things with the extra capital that they get. And a few things uh, goes right. But I think for the uh, collective psyche of the organization uh, in the town that's so sick of the, uh, you know, the minutia that goes into the Lions and then they end up with the same uh, results. Right. It will help them a great deal if they won a couple of games here. I do believe that. I agree with that, too. Um, you, you brought I wouldn't tank for the draft pick. Well, I would not do that. I, that I agree with because I, I, I'm with you where I'm not sold on exactly anybody. I mean, Will Anderson would be great to pair up with Hutchinson and everything. But you brought up Aubrey Pleasant and how he was relieved of his duties this week. And, and I just thought it was an interesting move because of all the young guys that they do have in their secondary right now. Was that a scapegoat move like, hey, we're not messing around, we're going to get rid of you? Or was he really a problem with teaching these cornerbacks? Because I think that is very important because there's times where you see Jeff Okuda and you're like, okay, this kid could really be something for this defense. And then there's other times where maybe it's just mental issues or, or not uh, being you know enough reps to see everything in the NFL, which he should at this point of his career without the injuries. But – what was your take when you found out they, they fired their defensive backs coach? Well, I, don't, I didn't expect him to fire Aubrey Pleasant. I knew something was inherently wrong that happened in that game. Right. Um, so, and then after the game, what Dan Campbell said compared to what my observes, uh, observations were, I have no idea. There might have been uh, uh, some things he didn't do that the, you know, the head coach wanted him to do. There might have been some other issues we have no idea about. And I don't, you know, speculate on it to say I know. Right. Uh, what I the, what I know is when I watch the game, and you know, I was watching it with Will, 
Will Birdsfield, our uh, web uh, web writer. Like the guy? And, yeah, Birdsy kid. So, <laughs> you know, he, he looks at me, you know, we rarely talk because we're both so into the game, right? And uh, he, he looks at me and he goes, hey, how many times are you going to run down the field when it's uh, third and 10 and uh, get down there 14 yards to curl around and catch a first down pass? And I thought, you know, well, that's a great observation. And then it happened like four or five more times after <laughs> that. Right. Yeah, they're running 35-yard uh, curl routes and being wide open. You know, it was ridiculous. So, you know, it's like you don't have to be, a, you know, football coach or you play corner in college or something or safety uh, to understand uh, just at a rudimentary level of football uh, that, you know, you got to look where the sticks are at and guard where the sticks are. All right, and have them catch it in front, and then make them have to, you know, break a tackle or two for a first down. How many times in the NFL do you see a guy on third and uh, twelve catch a ball at six yards, uh, run three yards, get tackled, and they're off the field? It's not a coincidence, you know. So, uh, you know, Lions aren't doing that. And then Dan Campbell says after the game about like, well, we wanted to hit them and uh, get them before they get in the route. We didn't want to make it a track meet back there. So, okay, uh, I saw the Lions in press coverage one time where it really stood out. Uh, two is over there, and they got trips uh, left. And uh, they've got Waddle, and they've got Hill, and somebody else out there. I don't, I don't think it was Gesicki. I think it was their third receiver. And uh, Tua just looks at it. He sees A.J. Parker in press coverage on Jalen Waddle. And Waddle just runs right down the field, catches a touchdown pass, does his penguin dance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, – you know, it's like, well, uh, that didn't work, okay, your little press coverage. So uh, what, I, what I took out of that was uh, that the Lions seemed to be coached that the other team was super fast. So whatever you do, don't let them behind you. So they just gave them way too much cushion even right. on third and long. And on third and long, you know, uh, if they're going to run a, you know, uh, up and go, let them do it. Okay. I mean, you, at some point, you got to guard that thing and stop the sticks from moving. And with those guys, sometimes they run after the catch. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were in this state of confusion. That's what they were. And uh, they were overwhelmed uh, athletically by a tremendous receiving core. A quarterback gets it out quick. So you can't, you know, blitz it on that. Well, would be and that's what I was just going to say. If you're if you're making all the routes shorter than what they should be, then you're not giving your defensive line any chance to actually get home then, right? That's right. So uh, in that uh, particular situation, it was you know, it, overwhelming, overwhelmed by the talent and a game plan where you had your players playing like, uh, I don't know, the term is like walking on eggshells or whatever because they don't know whether to be aggressive to not be aggressive, and they constantly get caught in no person's land. That's what it looked like to me. So, and then the, the secondary coach gets uh, fired. I don't know where, you know, the element of that came from. I'm just making an observation that seemed obvious to me. Not like from a coach's standpoint, but from somebody who's watched a lot of football, you know, that I, I, you know that type of thing and understands it at that level enough to, to see what was wrong. Right. And obviously wrong. Yeah. Like and usually will, it's know. when people like us who are, you know, novices that watch the game or whatever, but if we see it, that's a glaring hole. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, it's like, 
Yeah, I said, well, oh, you played high school. Football. It had nothing to do with what I observed. Will played lacrosse. Yeah, and, but that's my point. Like, that's you know, that's he, as high as we got, and it. I'm seeing yeah. it. So it's right. like, if exactly. I see it, you you know the other coaching staff is seeing it. You know the players are seeing it. You know their I mean, offensive assistants are seeing it. Wise, you know, I mean, and then it's just, you know, and I think maybe just the embarrassment of that. Yeah, maybe. You know, can you imagine if you actually knew all the ins and outs of it and then watching it and that's your team? I would imagine it was kind of frustrating. Sure. For, for Absolutely. Those involved. That but, was awful. I mean, it really was. But at least out of that negative, we got a positive and they did something good with the trade market and they didn't just sit there because I feel like in years past, they would have just sat there and thought that they had something for the future. Well, I think uh, with the trade market in the NFL has really picked up. It used to be nothing at the deadline. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. That was like the NBA yesterday. Yeah, and it's getting going to be more and more like that. The problem with Bob Quinn had is on one hand, he would trade a couple veteran players, you know, like uh, uh, Glover Quinn, uh, Darius Slay. uh, Or not Glover Quinn, Quandre Diggs, you're right. Quandre Diggs, uh, Slay, and then on the other hand, he acquired Snacks. So it's like, are you rebuilding or are you going for it? Oh, and then they traded Golden Tate in that same year that they got snacks. And it was like, what is going on here? Yeah, what's, you know, so uh, you have to be one or the other where the Lions are at now. Mm -hmm. And I think where they may have gotten off the path a little bit is, uh, and the organization has been in that no person's land forever. You know, they're always like, hey, you know, they put up playoff banners and, you know, and the team wasn't good enough, and they needed to address certain things so that they could be actual contenders. The move they made today was a move that an actual contender would make. Yep. All right? It, it, to build to the future of that. You know, the uh, rhetoric about if they were 6-1 and one and they still would have done that, in my opinion, is hogwash. All right? And everybody knows it. But, you know, you're either in that 6-1 and one spot or you're in the 1-6 spot. And it's okay to say that you're in a different spot with your record. But I think, you know, there might be a hesitancy to say that maybe you don't want to send a message out to your players. Uh, maybe you don't want to send a message out to ownership, uh, things like that. And, uh, but that's the bottom line. It was the right move at the right time. And it's going to help the organization if they draft properly, use extra cap space wisely, and uh, they'll have a future. So from that sense, the problem is it may not help the folks that are actually in charge. You understand? Yeah. Because uh, they had to get into that thing, like what they did today. They had to do that a lot sooner. And what they decided to do was not what they should have done initially. So we'll see whether Holmes, and he still has some time, and Campbell, he still has some time whether they can make up, you know, lost ground on some things that were done initially uh, that, quite frankly, uh, didn't make sense. We're wildly popular with fans. You know, but when Jared Goff's contract was restructured, nobody cared. I mean, there wasn't any buzz. But I, I brought it up, and people were like, oh, he could be their quarterback of the future. He's only 20. So he had no idea what I was talking about. And you're, a lot of fans, they don't care about that, Evan. It's a, you're right. They watch the game on Sunday, and they're not spending all that time like like you and I are all that, analyzing every move they make and you know, all the nuances of the cap. They hate that stuff. Actually, in a way, they just want to know whether the team's going to win or lose. Right. 
And uh, should I put my, you know, uh, 50 bucks on him this week? <laughs> but, um, you know, I knew at that time that that was the wrong move. Quite frankly, I just did. Brought it up and uh, talked a lot about it, as you know, on these podcasts. But, you know, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, I wish I were wrong on, on that, but it's just, it's actually, it's just true. It just stares us in our face every single day, Pat. <laughs> it does. It does. So, but it, this was a good move for the organization. If they, you know, it's, there's always an if there. It's like they got a third round pick from Stafford, right? That yep. was the first pick that they used from the Stafford trade. And if want to, right? How good is he? Hmm. If want to? The, you're talking about the safety? Yeah, the, the kid who was a corner from Syracuse. Oh, he's, I mean, to me, he's okay. He's all right. Yeah, he's hurt. He's been awful when he's played. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, picks, uh, you know, if you hit on that pick, you know how much uh, kudos they'd be getting for that? Tons. And they've missed on it, it looks like, at this point. Hmm. So you hit on a few picks. Like uh, that Woolen kid we talked about from Texas San Antonio. Yep. You know, you hit on him and you, you draft a Kenneth Walker, you know, and you get a stopgap quarterback and, uh, well, he can actually play, you know, and it's always like something too. you know, you know, you know who the uh, passing game coordinator is for the Dolphins. Oh, it's Daryl Bevel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, there's always a Lions moment in there, isn't there? Always, always. Well, and, always. and it's funny too, because, I think Brad Galley from Channel 7 had tweeted out the video of the last time Hawkinson leaves Ford Field and he's yucking it up with Daryl Bevel. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway. But enjoyed the podcast. Uh, yeah, be patient. We'll get into the Pistons. Uh, the Tigers offseason, uh, the Red Wings, their start, and what's going on with their minor league system. We'll talk a lot about the uh, 2023 NFL draft. Uh, and we'll get to all the prospects and everything. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to us uh, from the uh, uh, iTunes store with Mac, Apple, and uh, Google Play Store, and download us at odyssey.com. It's Pat Caputo98 on Twitter, uh, King of the KC on Twitter for Evan. Uh, we post up on our Twitter site, 97.1 The Ticket uh, Twitter page and Facebook page. Yep. Download it, watch it. Uh, you want some feedback? We'll be more than happy to uh, give you some feedback on it. And uh, I just appreciate y'all listening. Until next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.